Okay, New Year. I wanted some new energy. Yeah, how how's that going? Got myself a bottle of Lucas Aid. That I mean, yeah, that's that is energy. Have you ever read the back of a bottle of Lucas Aid? I, I probably have, but I probably haven't taken that much of it. In this post sugar tax world, they are very excited about glucose. Right. Powered by glucose, obviously. Glucose. It's for that moment when you need it most. When the energy and the good times flow. Whatever you do, do it with energy. But then the bit that got me is there's no flavour to Lucas Aid. No. It's just glucose flavour. Yeah. Sparkling glucose drink with sugars and sweetness. What? They've put sugars and sweeteners into it's it. It's 13% glucose syrup before sweetening. Yeah. I feel like a new a new man. Wow. Are a you, new man. Are you full of energy? I'm full of New Year glucose energy. Right, I think we should channel that energy Let's into watching some cartoons. Watching some cartoons. Yeah. It says, whatever I do, do it with energy. Right, here we go then. Let's go. Let's do Let's it. Let's do this. <laughs> Welcome back to the Space Jam Continuum, the show where we try to make a cohesive cinematic universe out of something that was never meant to be one. I'm Chris McLennan. I'm Carl Noble. And uh, we had some Christmas revelations at the end of last year. Yeah, we did. Then we took a couple of weeks off. Because, you know, we needed it. So then I got some new energy. Yeah. And and, we, and you're using it effectively. I'm using it effectively. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. I had to, I had to balance out this caffeine-free tea situation. Well, yeah. So. yeah. I mean, it is very nice tea, though. So Okay. So where do, we, where do we leave off last year? Uh, well, we left off uh, well the big revelations um, of you know Cthulhu-based cultists kicking about the place. Um, it, Sylvester very actively hunting mice that are cultists, uh, probably because of something that happened in the basement, and we just don't know what. Yeah, I mean, we we know this was a pivotal event in Sylvester's arc. Yeah, uh, but we we settled on. There's there's some el- eldritch elder force yeah behind all this something pot- potentially dwelling in the in the basement of of that haunted house yeah mice are instrumental in this yeah situation. Like, like, like we're fairly certain that sniffles is some sort of like high priest in whatever cult yeah because he he'd sort of disappeared mm. and all this sort of started happening about when sniffles arrived in the uh, in the U S yeah and you know. He seemed to be doing better on the off the booze, like yeah. But 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 we know he was uh, very much into his slaying time, you know, yeah. based off the songs yeah, that he was, was singing. Slaying time, it was about Santa. So if we start drawing this connection between like Christmas and this uh, the elder you know, gods, yeah, spirit. do not open till Christmas yeah. sort of bits because that was definitely like that's definitely a stigma opening stuff that's meant for Christmas before Christmas yeah. and that lines up with our previous ancient lobster Santa Claus uh, situation yeah um, we put a poll out uh, trying to uh, draw a parallel uh, between yep. uh, people who want to open stuff before Christmas and eldritch goings on yep uh, I can tell you now that uh, not only uh, do a staggering number of people, uh, 25% of the population, wow. try to open their Christmas presents early, but 
in addition to that, uh, 20% within that, so it might sound small, but there's a lot of people on the planet. Yeah, there 20% is a lot. 20% within that state quite openly it's for eldritch reasons. Oh, wow. So It's a good thing we did that really good uh, all-encompassing poll. Yeah, with a definitely a big enough uh, big enough pool of people. Pool yeah. of people, yeah. yeah. So, like, that's really something to consider because that's still, you know, millions upon millions of people opening gifts early for eldritch reasons. Wow. So, so th- I mean, this, this goes probably a lot further than we thought. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, really, we're not going to get a lot of chance to delve into that side of things until next Christmas. But oh. we will have to keep an eye out for like this this cult because we're pretty sure they exist. And that was that was not at Christmas time. No. I mean like the good thing is is in our world, despite that poll and the staggering millions of people that are doing this, yeah. nothing has come about yet, which tells me there's a lot of people running around getting train tickets and boat tickets uh, and stopping a lot of these cultists from actually <laughs> unleashing our doom counters doing okay at the moment. Yeah, I, th- I think we're, we're all that's right. a niche reference, but you know, <laughs> uh, some people will get it. It's a niche, a niche some board game reference. It. Some people will get it. Uh, but yeah, so we, we keep an eye out for these eldritch things. We pretty much decided that Sylvester is has dedicated his life to to staving off these yeah. things. That's like his lives. Several of his lives. Yeah. One presumably in the basement of that house. Yep. One in Slobovia when yep. he was working for the Bagel Baron. But we actually think he'd uh pursued uh a a cultist or some sort of uh you know hideous monstrosity from beyond the veil to yep. Slobovia. Uh and so we he's got seven maybe eight lives left from what we've seen but it could be fewer yeah could be um and he's willing to sacrifice them to to stop these things so it's really good of him yeah i think it's really nice Uh, he's very selfless he's still a drunk like i know but but if you'd seen some of the things he's he's seen seen you probably would be so it's given us a new view of sylvester because previously we just thought he was a bit you know a bit of a a lush yeah (laughs) like a bit you know oh hold on He, he goes after tweety a lot what's tweety got to do with it well Tweety has killed a lot of people. Has killed a lot of people. Uh, and also, uh, like, it's being run by mice, and, like, presumably, like, most of their little, little cult hideouts are in somewhere quite small. Mm. Do you know who else is quite small? Tweety Pie. Tweety Pie. Well, I've got to keep an eye on him as well. Exactly. But not wow. right now. No. Because uh, we uh, are not jumping into a Sylvester situation just yet. Just before uh, Sylvester, we've got to uh, pay a visit to our favourite... Uh, not particularly fussy <laughs> sex pest skunk, uh, Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. Uh, interesting things to know about this episode are A, that it's the first appearance of uh, Penelope Pussycat. Yep. But secondly, Pepe Le Pew cartoon that won an Oscar. Yes, the only one. So this is an Oscar winning episode. Exactly. So let's watch the Oscar winning for scent in mental reasons. I like what they do. It's, uh, it's an Oscar winning Pepe Le Pew number. From uh, November 12th, 1949. Let's get involved in that. And the Oscar, by proxy, for best documentary, by proxy, goes to the Space Jam Continuum. I'm sure that's how it works. Yeah. I'm sure we're Oscar winners now. Yeah, we are. Cause, I don't cause... think that deserved an Oscar, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I presume, it, I, mean, was, me... I presume it was best animated feature, and... 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Oscar it won, but I mean, like maybe back in 1949, things weren't that. Yeah, but we've watched better episodes of Looney the Dover Boys. That definitely, definitely within this bracket, uh, like this Oscars window. Yeah, I mean, there might have been other Oscar ones, but I, I don't remember seeing anything. I don't think. I don't think I've maybe because it, cause it identifies the only Pepe Le Pew cartoon to win an Oscar, That's which true. tells me that there's other character ones which had won oscars ah uh, still the dover boy one had to win an oscar because that was banging i'm still i'm just not that keen i'm not like keen on well, this one, yeah just I, just I don't think it was that good but yeah. uh anyway here's the gist yeah uh it's in france yeah so our favorite middle-aged divorcee called michael yeah has gone to france presumably to live more consistently as pepe le pew that seems, uh, seems about right. Or maybe it's like sex tourism. He's in a perfume shop, uh, the owner of which has uh, gone to get the gendarmerie because he's in the perfume shop. Yeah. Uh, they go to turf him out. Um, in the end, the uh, owner chucks uh, a cat in with the skunk. Yeah. Uh, That'd be Penelope. Penelope. Penelope Pussycat. Uh, as is customary in a Pepe Le Pew cartoon, she winds up with a white stripe down her back. From white hair dye. From white hair dye. Like that's some efficient, yeah. So a some efficient it was hair dye, real quick. And B kind of an odd, kind of an odd choice. Yeah, uh, it just spills off a table straight down the back there. Yeah, job jobbed. Uh, ah, that's how that's how she gets the white strap of her back, isn't it? She falls in some some tar or something or some black black stuff. Is she just falling water? No, no I'll sure, get to that yeah. in a bit. Yeah. Anyway, so she's got a white stripe down her back. Uh, Pe- Pepe falls in love with her. She. Uh, you know, spurns his advances. Yeah, she's 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 not interested because of his smell. Uh, he uh, basically emotionally blackmails her uh, into like, basically making her think he's shot himself yeah, in the he head. He fakes suicide. He she uh, jumps out of the thing she's trapped herself in to stop him coming at her, uh, and it turns out he missed. Fortunately for yeah. her, <laughs> he so it. Uh, uh, the chase continues. Uh, she jumps out of a window. Yeah, uh, Pepe uh, jumps after her. She lands in some water. Yeah, like it was a co- yeah, it was it was a rainwater collection from the, the bottom of the, uh, the drain pipe. Pepe falls in some blue paint. Yeah, when he gets out, for some reason, he's no longer smelly, and uh, a very bedraggled Penelope Pussycat, now with no white stripe. Yeah, uh, finds him very attractive, but he doesn't find her very attractive anymore. Nope. And the tables are turned, and she does that little Pepe bounce, and he runs off all blue. Yeah, and, like, slightly goes, scared. Well, he doesn't like not being the sex pest. Yeah, but he's but he did. He, I don't know he seemed he seemed kind of okay with it. Like he was like, ah, oh, there's such a thing as being too attractive, and then the little thing closed. Well, that's true. But there's there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot of problems with this episode for me. Go like, on. Then. I don't know why the paint stops him being smelly. I don't know why when she tried to wash the white stripe off earlier, it didn't work. But when she falls in a water butt. It does work. Yeah. Like, the emotional blackmail is not endearing me to Pepe Le Pew at all. No. Like, I mean, we know he's not above that, but, like, this was pretty extreme. It was a bit much. It's like, I don't know, there's just a, it's just a lot of weird stuff going on. Um. So, I don't know. I mean, perhaps... Because she used soap and tap water to try and get rid of... Well, I think she was initially actually trying to get rid of the smell... Ah, of her, right. and not necessarily the white stripe. So that might be she wasn't actively going at the white stripe. Yeah, but if it's hair dye, it, she's like like she had black hair and it went to white, which means there has to be some sort of bleaching agent. 
So you don't wash that out. Like like the, yeah. the white dye might go, but the well, bleaching agent. That's why I thought maybe I, we'd misread it, and she hadn't fallen into a water bath. She'd fallen into something black. Yeah, but she had uh, kind of her normal white markings on her front anyway. Yeah, I guess she's still uh, had and, she, and she kept them. But it's possible that um, rainwater has a uh, a dye nullifying at, uh, effect potentially. What you think the dyeing process wasn't done? Yeah, and, and maybe, maybe, maybe it hadn't hadn't have set. Or maybe it wasn't white hair dye after all, and and that perfume seller has actually just been peddling Tipex as white hair dye. So there's a, there's a there's a there's a black market for Tipex as hair dye yeah. in in France in 1949. Yeah, because it's it, it's the only way that that makes sense because the hair dye has to have a ble- bleaching agent and it washed out. Man, but, I mean, is there white hair dye? Yeah, I think you can get. I, see, I was thinking this, but I think you can get white hair dye. Because surely as white as your hair is getting is just get rid of all pigment, which you just bleach the fuck out of it, eh? Well, yeah, but, but bleaching lends to like a blonde sort of bit, yeah, not, not like it white. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know, like... I don't know, I, I, I reckon you just keep Spike bleaching Spike from it, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Would you say he's got white hair or bleached hair? I'd say he's got bleached hair, but I... But Do you reckon like, if he bleached I reckon it if he further, kept bleaching it... I don't know, just fall out. I mean, it would. It gets brittle. Yeah. I bleached my hair before. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I used to. I used to be in pop punk outfits, <laughs> right? Okay. Like, but, uh, I'm just. I'm just gonna quickly Google white hair dye. Because surely white hair dye would have no, to be no, super no, heavy pigment. No, no, you can get it. Yeah, you can get. Uh, you can get white hair dye. I mean, I just don't know about this. It's really weird to me. Because oh, it's uh, platinum blonde. That's it's white in it. Yeah. Is that it? But that's just bleach. Just bleach the shit out of it. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 but like, Any, I, don't know. Like, okay. I, I, I just if, need if, to know if, how if you're she listening it to off. this. If you're listening to this and you you dye your hair white, <laughs> can you let us know how it works? Yeah, because I think like, just give us a shout on Twitter or you know anything like that. And would would uh, the difference would rainwater would there be a difference between scrubbing yourself really hard with soap and water and falling in a butt of rainwater yeah give those things <laughs> give both those things a try yeah and let us know which one actually returns your hair back to its normal colour <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind there's a, just a lot of problems with the episode and I there is. just I, uh, well, like the, I'm really upset with the academy the the blue paint thing uh, if it's a like kind of i don't know acrylic style paint i can understand that blocking the smell because it'll basically just fully coat them yeah i did think um, like is it is it like so is it a coating thing or is it that the paint smells of paint well I don't, i'm thinking because there was no stink lines there's no <laughs> scent lines off it so i'm thinking yeah. that it's it's coated them his smell will get through eventually but this was pretty fresh because the the other level is like we know pepe Having seen various things, like we know Pepe has several smell-related powers, and we, I, I'm wondering how much of it is because he's a skunk, and how much of it is a tune power because he can okay. he can float along smell lines. Yes, so that's that's tune. Uh, yeah. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Straight up. Is his stink just regular skunk level stink, or is it tune or level? is it is it a cut above? I is don't he know. The skunk, is he the skunkiest skunk? That could be. I mean, like we know he's not French. We don't even know if uh, is he a skunk. He's always attracted to something else with a white stripe down his uh, back. Well, I've never yeah. seen him meet another skunk. I mean, the thing is, is that, uh, well, no, it's because his wife was a skunk. His wife was a... 
Or was she? Or was she? Or was she even his wife? But <laughs> we don't know. The thing is, as, so as, difficult as soon as Penelope lost that white stripe, he actually didn't recognise her. She pops out and he was like, oh, have you seen, have you seen the, the, the lovely lady skunk kicking about? And she's instantly like, actually, no, I, I find him attractive, which tells me she found him physically attractive the whole time. It was always just a smell, which was the problem. Which probably explains why she was not happy about him committing suicide. Yeah, because I tried for a while uh, to, to just work out if there was a relevance to the blue paint, if there's some sort of phrase that that's meant to be... Yeah, well, see, I was thinking, like, because like, like, you can get, um, like, an English blue cat is, uh, you know, like a pedigree. It's supposed to be, like, highly sought after. So maybe that so is... So I was thinking for. that, I was thinking, oh, she's, she's went, oh, it's a, this type of cat. I, I, th- like I think that. that adds up. I but, couldn't find anything like that specifically said what the what the joke was meant to but be. But English blue, they're not blue like no, that. But, yeah, they're like they're sort of like kind of like greyish sort of color. Yeah, but at least that sort of would would in some way qualify it as a gag. Yeah. Or you know maybe it's a blue blooded royalty type thing. Because I just think like the thing is because the episode was set in a perfume shop. Yeah, in and around a perfume shop. If there wasn't a joke there with the blue paint specifically, yeah. you would have him fall in to a vat of perfume. perfume. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. It would make much more so, sense. So, yeah, well, like, 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 maybe it's that. Maybe there's just a, a breed of cat. I'm not going to lie. It just stresses me out when I get, like, with a like, sort of pivotal gag of an episode. I was just like, just, I, don't I don't get, get it. it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it, it just puts me out of sorts. It's really, it's really cutting into my good glucose energy. Oh. Yeah, it's really getting me down. Should we... Let's go and see what Sylvester's doing. Sylvester's about... Is, Hector's yeah. about. It's not a Cinecolor episode, but whenever Hector's about, I do like to just, you know... Put ourselves on Clone Watch. Cinecolor Clone Watch. Clone Watch. I don't want to put ourselves on full Clone Watch. No? But just just keep your... your keep a beady scru- on it. Give, keep your good scrutinous eye yeah. open. Uh, and also, your regular seeing eye so we can watch the episode. Uh, we've also got uh, Hippity. Yeah, Hippity. Hippity Hop... Is he a... Hippity Hopper. Frog? Grasshopper? I'm thinking Frog. It doesn't say a first appearance, so we must have come across him before. Yeah, the name rings a bell. As soon as I saw Hippity, it's like, oh, it's Hippity Hopper. And yeah, it's I'm like, thinking Frog. I'm going Grasshopper. All right, well, let's find out. All right, let's find out. In It's called Hippity Hopper. It's got to be first uh, appearance of Hippity Hopper, hasn't it? I like fish. <laughs> We're watching Hippity Hopper uh, from November 19th, 1949. Place your bets now. Frog <laughs> or Grasshopper? Banzai! There's a lot of weird stuff going on in there. Um, from the very start, yeah. Like I don't think we need anything else to connect mice to Lovecraftian sort of no weird, like just it, it, dark. It, it, yeah, it just fell stuff. into it straight it's away. It's got this sort of noir vibe. I mean, if this isn't a you know a sort of pulpy Lovecrafty <laughs> opening, I don't know what is. The waterfront with its evil spell, drew me relentlessly towards the river. I knew then that this was to be my last night on earth. I had the feeling that no one would care if there was one less mouse in the world or not. I mean, yeah, that's a, this is called Looney Tunes, yeah. okay? Yeah. It's like, there's no place for that. That, that, mean, that is so dark. I mean, I think for, for most of the time we've been watching, we've been alarmed how suicide-heavy... The whole thing, <laughs> is, yeah, yeah the, the whole lot. 
Like, it takes nothing for somebody to go, right, that's it, get a gun out, and... Yeah, but this this mouse, he's going to off himself. He's going to chuck himself in the river. He, he goes to chuck himself in the river, and he is, by his own uh, words, snatched from a watery grave. By his hand, this, and there's a big crate from Australia. Yeah. And from the that zoo. houses Hippity Hopper, who, of course, and we have seen him before, is a kangaroo. Yeah. So, sorry, Banzai fans. Uh it, we didn't even give you the option for kangaroo because we didn't think it was going to be a kangaroo. We forgot. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, like our negligence, both in remembering <laughs> things we've seen before and uh, offering suitable options for betting. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was twofold and we apologise. Yeah. But basically, uh, the kangaroo saves this suicidal mouse. Yep. He goes back uh, into the city. Uh so seemingly with just the intention of goading Sylvester. Well, the after he uh, after he's saved by the kangaroo, he lets the kangaroo out the cage. Yeah. Um, and then he goes, "Oh, you can help me with my problem." And my problem's name is Sylvester. Yeah. So this mouse obviously lived in this lives in the same house as Sylvester, and Sylvester is causing an issue for this mouse. But the general gist of the episode revolves around the mouse threatening to turn grow as big, big yeah. as Sylvester and. Give him, a, give him a punting. Yeah. Sylvester laughs him off like he's a goofball. Now, I would have thought by this point, Sylvester would be past thinking that was a goofy notion. Yeah. Unless he's succumbed to absolute madness. Oh, in, in this one, like this Sylvester's definitely... Um He's much more ragged. He seems drunk pretty much all of the time. Yeah, he's paunchy. He seem, yeah, he's seeming pretty doughy around the edges. He's ragged, like his hair's all over the place. Um, Later uh, in the episode, I think we might wind up explaining it away. So Yeah. But the, the, mainly the episode revolves around that threat, it being laughed off. Yeah, the mouse takes some vitamins. The, yeah, takes some vitamins, then yeah. swaps himself out for the kangaroo, uh, who, you know, delivers a punting. Yes. Uh Hector gets involved uh, because Sylvester leaves the house and Hector's like, you know, yeah, gives like, him a pep talk. Hector's voice is just wrong. Like, yeah. I don't know what's going on there, yeah. but it's weird as hell. Uh, but he's like, seems to be like he has been before, sort of almost like the foreman yeah, for Sylvester. Yeah, yeah. But he uh, sends him back odd. in there with various bits, new glasses, which are not helpful, things nope. like that. Um, and it also winds up with the mouse threatening Hector with the yep. same thing, delivering the same thing, and then Hector and Sylvester give up and start taking ballet classes and go away. Yeah. But that, that, uh, you heard that right. Yeah. Start taking ballet classes and go away. That's, yeah. that's, that's the, the point. Well, I, think, I think that's down to something that Hector says, like basically, if, if a mouse can kick me out of the house, I'll take up ballet. And I think that's what he does. Now, the interesting thing... He had tutus already in his house, though. Yeah, already just... Ready to go. And one for Sylvester. Which I I do like... uh, He had two tutus. Because it means he always planned to be good to his word. Yeah. Like, he's been saying this thing. It's like, you know... And he was ready for it. It's like, yeah, well, you know... But he had two tutus. Yeah, well, I think he knew if if he was going... He's going to take Sylvester as well. But the weird thing that we noticed, because we were on sort of like tentative Clone Watch, because not a Cinecolor episode, no. at least not labelled as such, but Hector's voice was all wrong, and I was like, okay, I'm calling Clone Watch on this. Yeah. And no sooner had that happened than we noticed something quite weird. Yeah. Now, at one point, Sylvester trips over a step, and you get a good look at his feet. 
Now he's just got two toes on each. <laughs> yeah. So then we looked at Hector's feet. He only had two toes. And he's only got two toes on each foot. And the mouse has only got two toes and on each foot. And they maintained two toes throughout the whole thing. So it wasn't even like an angle thing. Yeah. Or like, anything like even that. Even when you saw it just front on. They, they all were like had. They were like a bird's feet. Yeah. Like they stuck like a bit too far off the back. Feet. They stuck a bit too far off the back. Yeah. And just two long toes. Yeah. Now what's... What? Just what? Well, I don't <laughs> think... I don't think that was Sylvester Hector... I think I think they were clones. I think we're seeing a um, sort of like an American nuclear war town, like do you right. know where they, where they used to like yeah, build yeah. whole towns and then blow them up with yeah, nuclear yeah. bombs. I think we're seeing that sort of thing. So Clone Watcher ha- have towns set up and they're running scenarios because I'm fairly certain we've seen that pretty much that same story before. Yeah, where, see, Hector, I, where, where, where Hector's saying to Sylvester, "What are you doing? Like, like how's that mouse beating you? Oh, no, that's not right." That. But Sylvester going, no, 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 the mouse is big. Like, it's a big mouse. And Hector's like, no, I don't believe you. He goes in and goes, oh, okay. And then they then they both leg it. I'm sure we've seen pretty much this exact same story. So I'm thinking... I don't remember the, the mouse being big part. I remember... I remember it, but I remember being something that Hector didn't believe. Yeah, and then... And then went in and went, okay, yep, you're correct. Yeah, that, and they both leave. That format has definitely occurred. So I'm thinking... Um, Cinecolor are running that same story for the clones and that's actually what we're seeing but they haven't managed to quite get the cloning right because I'm thinking it's a bit like the Jurassic Park thing where they don't have a complete genome so they're just splicing in so in Jurassic we, Park it was frog they've just f- uh, filled they, it with they, bird they, DNA they've spliced it with bird DNA possibly <laughs> from Tweety it's a strange choice but you know it's the only thing that really explains the two toes allow it like, like, it's the only thing that explains the, the bird feet. Everyone in this episode, yeah, had bird feet. Yeah, like I kind of give it with the kangaroo. It looks, it looks kind of right on the kangaroo. Like, yeah, but a kangaroo, you don't like. I mean, no, it just looks, it, it looked yeah. right. If someone said, but like, yeah, I don't know. Why did everyone else have bird feet? I'm, it's really troubling. So me. I'm thinking that wasn't the Sylvester we know. I'm thinking it wasn't the Hector that we know. I'm thinking all mice, clone or not have a penchant for uh, cultism and drawn to Lovecraftian things. Yeah, I think um, that's definitely... I think that, that part's definitely true. I'm just I'm really struggling to get my head around what the end game is for, well, for I'm, 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 I'm thinking they were just trying to make functional replacements. Oh, so you think... you, you So you just think they are... They were just testing. But why would they pick bird DNA? Why why bird? Well, maybe, well, maybe, like, maybe, maybe bird paint slash... DNA is the the one thing that splices well with. I forgot they're made of paint. Yeah, not DNA. Uh, uh, like, I'm thinking, paint. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking it's the thing that best fills in the gaps. Or may, may, maybe they're just trying to see what animal they can splice different things with. Although well, also, the right thing. like if they're, it depends what they're trying to make clones for. Because like if they're cloning Hector, who's like this big beefy bulldog fella, yeah. and Sylvester, who like at this point we're reasonably confident that despite his flaws is a, like, quite a confident, like, hunter-killer. Mm. Tweety has the most confirmed kills in the Tooniverse. That's true. If they want to make a hunter-killer, Tweety Pie, Tweety Pie <coughs> paint well, wherever is a good they, paint to fill the gaps with. It is, but wherever they're getting the DNA from, um, I'm thinking that the possible... Because we know Sylvester uh, interacts with Tweety a fair bit, and we know that Hector is also involved as well. Yeah, yeah. So the two places that Cynical have collected DNA could have been from 
uh, Tweety's house. Do you think and, it's got mixed up? Uh, yeah, fly style? Yes, yeah. I'm thinking yeah. that's exactly what's happening. I'm thinking they've they've went. Oh, this he's, is the he's DNA. Brand, he's they've isolated burnt. it and they've isolated it wrong, and it's actually been mixed. Some of the paint has mixed in, yeah. and that's and that's the brand. Oh, this is Hector DNA, and this is Sylvester, and actually it's got a bit of Tweety in it as well. It's, they're both Brundle birds. So well, yeah. yeah. So when when they pop them out the tube, they're like. Well, this isn't quite right, but sod it. We'll run with it and actually see if it works. Slowly becoming more bird-like until they just sort of fall apart. Do you think that's... Uh, potentially. Yeah? Do you I'm think th- we're going like, to see him like, snap like... off someone's arm in an arm wrestle? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Because he won't have arms past a certain point. <laughs> no. They'll be winged. I'm thinking, like, these two, uh, these two clones, so this Sylvester and this Hector, they've basically jogged off. They're only going to get so far before they get kind of shot. Because... They're going to realise that the town only goes so far and is fake. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. There's a, definitely a perimeter. Yeah. Andromeda strain style. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think... There's one other potential. Go on then. Maybe toes are just the most expensive bit to clone. And they, <laughs> and they were just like... And it's like one toe yeah. won't do. Like they're, but, cu- they're, like they're cutting corners here. <laughs> yeah. But they're actually just cutting toes. It's just like, just don't make the rest of them. Yeah, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're pricey. They're, like, can they balance on two? Yeah, no, that'll be fine then. It's like they're going to fall over. It's like, yo, the thing that's, but, but, sir, I think that's, you know, it, uh, it'll look it's ridiculous. irresponsible. It's like, Jeff, we're not made of toes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like toes just don't toes, grow on trees, you know. Two toes per foot, yeah. and don't go putting a third foot on there, Jeff. Just a minute. Oh no, it is. So, yeah, I mean, we've got two options there. One stronger than the other. I right. think we're keeping a close eye. Clone Watch style on, on feet, on feet, yeah. probably all feet. Really, if if Hector or Sylvester are in an episode, or it's particularly mouse centric, we're looking at we're feet. looking at feet. Yeah, well, so it's, it's good to know. It's, it's good to have another another angle. Right, should, should we look at Bugs's feet then? Let's have a look at Bugs's feet. Okay, uh, but only if it seems appropriate. Like, I think I've seen this episode before. This one is called Which is Which. Which yeah. is spelt differently. I am sure you can uh, tell which witch um, th- is which. I, I think I know wh- which witch is going to turn up in this. I think I've seen this before. Well, let's find out in Which is Which. It's a Bugs Bunny number from December 3rd, 1949. <laughs> Martin Freeman eat your heart out because Bugs Bunny was doing that very The Office-esque aside to camera yeah. glance back in December 3rd, 1949. <laughs> the later half of that episode was better than the start of that episode. Yeah, it started, there was some definite blackface situations yeah. going on. I mean, at least later on, it started putting sort of tribal stuff in that does actually exist. Yes. But at the same time, it was still... We're going to glaze over it, but it was it, it, it's it's the first time in a while I've been it, like uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, right. You're just okay. like okay, we're dealing with this back again, are we? Fortunately, it hasn't happened in quite a long time. Yeah, I was kind of hoping we were never going to have to deal with it again, but yeah, and it was yeah, at least it was in the uh, sort of inconsiderate level rather than the like genuinely malicious level. Yes. it's not like it's not like the stuff during the war. No, it's just a bit like. Yes, yeah, you've whiffed it a bit. If you could not do that. That'd be great. Yeah, but I'm thinking, yeah, we're coming into 1950 soon, and you know, so I think we're still going to have a little bit of it for a yeah. little while. I'm thinking, kind of, oh, we've got 60s, quite a while, 70s, 
We'll start to see it dying out. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> yeah, I hope. Uh, so. Uh, it's not the episode of thought. No. There's not a witch in it at all. No, it, it's it, a witch it, doctor. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so Bugs is in the jungle. Yep. Uh, there's a witch doctor there. He's trying to make some sort of potion. Uh, he needs some rabbit bits. Obviously. He's run out. So he yeah, goes a hunting. Out. And uh, Bugs is the one he comes across. More fool him. Uh, after some, you know, standard Bugs Bunny-esque antics involving uh, him pretending to take a fanciful photograph yep. of the uh, witch doctor. Reaching Tweeter's nose. Uh, like that. The witch doctor with his very fine, uh, like, sort of like reloadable spear. Yeah, it was like blade replacing. Like, yeah. just like... Yeah, like a, Sta- like a Stanley... Yeah, just snap Stanley off one bit and slide up again. Uh... He finally gets Bugs into the cauldron. Yeah. Uh, doesn't really pan out. Like, Bugs just sort of treats it like a sauna. Yeah, Bugs is just having a bit of a bath. It isn't until the lid goes on, it becomes some sort of pressure cooker. Yeah. And it starts eating up that Bugs is like, nope, I need out. So he gets out through the tiny hole. Yeah, in the he top. just squeezes himself out through a tiny hole. So yeah. that's a new thing Bugs can do, is just turn himself Space into bending. a sort of yeah. dough. But we're going to get to that, because he basically makes good his escape. Yeah. He's swimming away in the river. A crocodile tries to eat him, yeah. so he just opens his mouth in front of him. And Bugs, which does the thing we've seen him do before, normally in the snow and around a tree. Yeah. But like just his ears are sticking out the water and his ears just go either side of the crocodile yeah. and he just carries on. Now this is some this is some serious particle wave function yeah. action from Bugs. So I think if Bugs is only visible as two separate entities, normally yes. as ears, yeah. he can act as two separate entities. Yeah, so when he's when he's being observed, yeah. he can act as two separate things as long as he is visible as two individual things. So, I guess, yeah, the portal has to count as observed. Yes. Because we've seen him do it around a tree. Yeah. Because uh, I was thinking, is it, like, does being observed come into it? And... I was like, if the witch witch doctor... literal observation. Because I was wondering if the witch doctor uh, wasn't watching and the crocodile did that, because the crocodile opens his mouth wide, he wouldn't be able to see. So if the witch doctor wasn't watching, would Bugs be able to do it? Well, see, no, I'm I'm, I'm thinking he would be be able to do it, because normally it's... Like, the observation bit of it is that makes it act like a particle and not a wave. And then, as a, like, as a wave, when it's not observed, it can do it can go around both. Yeah. So, uh, so it's as a particle, as one solid thing, uh, he can do it. But as soon as he's underwater, he's actually observed as two individual things. Yes. And therefore can do it despite being observed or not. Yeah, it's interesting, though, because, like, most of his powers... Uh, in that sort of like in this sort of time and space regard have yeah. revolved around soil this seems to be something purely based on on the uh i mean unless he was touching the ground depends how deep this river was well i also wondered because most of the times and we'd have to go back i don't recall ever seeing him do it in soil i've seen him do it in snow yeah now snow is water he was in yeah. water there yeah like is that something to do with it is it is, does he have one power in soil or power and water. Bugs actually only has one ear and the other one's fake. 
Maybe that. Yeah, let's go for the simpler approach. It's like there's no okay, there's no powers here. One of Bugs's ears is false. Yeah. He wears yeah, it he, on a hairband. Like, yeah. He lost it in the war. Yeah. Like and he's got a prosthetic ear. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sold. It's the easier one, Sold. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, let's let's uh Occam's razor. Occam's this. razor this. Yeah. I was like, is that Occam's or Hanlon's? No, Hanlon's is the stupidity malice one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's Occam's razor this. One of his ears is false. There you go. <laughs> But then it doesn't still explain why it goes round unless unless occasionally it just comes off. Like, he, <laughs> yeah. he quickly had to change direction under the water because he noticed the crocodile. Yeah, his ear his... came off and he just grabbed it afterwards. Yeah, well, I'll grab that. <laughs> yeah, okay. There you go. Okay, so I'm <laughs> And then towards the end of the episode, uh, it, well, he turns the crocodile with, you know, really no, no effort at all into yeah. a crocodile skin sort of handbag. Yeah, it's because the witch doctor gets eaten... And for some strange reason, because Bugs has made it to the steamboat and the witch doctor gets eaten by the crocodile and Bugs is like, no, 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 spit him out because the witch doctor, uh, the crocodile pops up with the witch doctor's top hat on. Yeah. And Bugs is like, no, no, you, like, like, you spit him out. He doesn't want the witch doctor to be eaten. And then he goes at the, uh, the crocodile with a club and basically has a fight underwater with the crocodile. Yeah. And but it's then, a second. Oh, yeah. And then chucks out a bag... A crocodile skin bag, which Bugs has tailored. So not only has he killed a crocodile, he's skinned it, cured the, cured the skin, and then tailored it into quite a nice bag. But do we think, then, that he fought the crocodile uh, down to the bottom of the river, uh, jumped then- into his interdimensional space, did this bit over the course of probably <laughs> quite a while? Yeah. And then just popped back out and where he was. And chucked the bag out, yeah. Because inside the bag was the witch doctor. Yeah. And the witch doctor was had a crocodile skin handbag and crocodile skin uh, high heel shoes. Now, we know Bugs has a, a penchant for dressing like a lady. He does. Uh, but we realise at this point, it, his tastes aren't that simple. Because he's he's talking to the witch doctor, he's like, yeah, like real nice. Yeah, and then well he done. gives a little just sort of, uh, not yeah, really, not, yeah, face no. to the camera. And then just carries on sort of smiling and nodding at the witch doctor. Uh, well, uh, the thing is, maybe he liked it, but maybe he was like, oh, it'd look better on me. Uh, maybe, maybe that is it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's not that he didn't like the shoes no, and the. It's just and the he didn't bag. like them on the witch doctor. He just like was like, yeah, you're not really pulling this off. Yeah, but I mean, like, what is possible is not that bugs like because I'm thinking the interdimensional space thing is correct. I think he got him down to the soil and took the crocodile there. But I'm, what I'm thinking is he already had the bag, the shoes, the handbag, and all of that. And actually, he's just killed the crocodile and he's saving that for later. And he basically just went, okay, well, we'll just get this bag out and chuck that up. Maybe. Uh, like, I reckon the, the main bag was made from the crocodile. Yeah. But I, I think those do, shoes do you think and the shoes and bag were his. Already boxers. I th- yeah. I think, yeah. Hey, I think the witch doctor's nicked him. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm having them back, yeah. mate. That's like the little better on me. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, doesn't really answer much. I presume Bugs has a reason for being in the jungle because... Uh, he does like to just explore them. He does like he? to just get about. But the fact is, if he took the crocodile to his inter- interdimensional space, you know... It means that he can back, do the interdimensional. And then came back to where he was. Yeah. He still has business in the jungle. Well, I mean, he seemed very keen to get on that steamboat. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what's on the steamboat. I Who mean, your 70 Sam's normally on a steamboat. He often is, yeah. Because uh, we've seen bugs on steamboats quite often with various different people. He does seem to like the steamboat bit. Yeah. Do you know who else? Like, Bugs' interdimensional rival, you know, to on some level, must be Mickey Mouse. And he started his, his Ste- career yeah. on a steamboat. He did, huh? So maybe he's just searching interdimensionally all steamboats. 
to try and get rid of that so, sort of rivalry. Well, do you think he's trying to? Do you think he's trying to off them, or do you think they're? Do, or do you think they're kind of the same sort of person, but from different dimensions? Do you th- like, do you think there's somebody who are trying to achieve the same sort of goals, but from rival dimensions? I so kind of his. I think he's just going to go and visit Mickey. <coughs> yeah. See if he's any good at basketball. Discover he's not, and then just crack on. Because we know years. Mickey is quite famous for his large ears. Yeah, like large-eared protagonist. Yeah, of, one, of, one, a, of, what, one of which switches around quite often and might not be attached. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, like my, my friends, I th- yeah, I think he's still got business in the jungle. I don't think we saw what Bugs was trying to do in the jungle no. in that episode. I think that's something that was him being waylaid during his business yes. on the ju- in yeah. the jungle. But yeah, I don't think it answered much. But yeah, in- interesting development on the ear front. Yeah, I mean, there's something to look out for. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, given that this uh, this one took place uh, in sort of like the, the post-war, you know, start of the the, the, the nuclear sort of era, yeah. uh, and Bugs is, seems to be having actually a reasonably nice time in the jungle, yeah. I think we should lead out with Danny Kay and the Andrews sisters' civilization. Sounds like a good nice, idea. Nice to have a good little tune it is, at the end of an it? episode. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, Apart from that, thank you all for listening. Uh, you know, uh, please uh, holler at us on Twitter with any theories yep. uh, at TSJ Community. Uh, you can find us on Facebook if you want to get involved in the chat there. Yep. Otherwise, just thank you for listening. Tell your mates. Leave us a review on iTunes because that's really, really helpful or for any, us. Or just anywhere you listen anywhere, to podcasts. Anywhere, but ideally... iTunes, you know, like, we know iTunes a load is a good your, one if you do. We know a load of you on iTunes. We've Stop seen the numbers. Stop pretending you're not. We've got <laughs> metrics. <laughs> We're not particularly technologically advanced, but we are that technologically we are. advanced. But apart from that, uh, catch you all next week. Happy yeah. New Year. Bye. Bye. Each morning, a missionary advertises with me on sign. He tells the native population that civilization is fine. Three educated savages holler from a bamboo tree. Beep. That civilization is a thing for me to see. So bongo, 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 I don't want to leave the Congo. Oh, no, 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 no. Bingo, bango, bongo, I'm so happy in the jungle I refuse to go. Don't want no bright lights, false teeth, doorbells, landlords, I make it clear. That no matter how they coax him, I'll stay right here. I look through a magazine the missionary's wife concealed. Magazine? What happens? I see how people who are civilized bung you with automobiles. You know you can get hurt that way, Daniel? At the movies they have got to pay many coconuts to see. What do they see, Donnie? Uncivilized pictures that the newsreel takes of me. So, bongo, 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 he don't want to leave the Congo. No, 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 no. Bingo, bongo, he's so happy in the jungle, he refused to go. Don't want no penthouse, bathtub, streetcars, taxis, noise in my ear. So no matter how they coax him, I'll stay right here. They hurry 
like savages to get aboard an iron train. The Kringalingo Hula Humble Express. And though it's smoky and it's crowded, they're too civilized to complain. When they've got two weeks vacation, they hurry to vacation ground. What do they do, Donnie? They swim and they fish, but that's what I do all year round. So, bongo, 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 I don't wanna leave the Congo, no, 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 no. Bingo, bango, bongo, I'm so happy in the jungle, I refuse to go. Don't want no jailhouse, shotgun, fish hooks, golf club, I got my spears. So, no matter how they coax you, I'll stay right here. They have things like the autumn bomb. So I think I'll stay where I am. Civilization. Civilization. 